Welcome to Everything EFL. My name's Erin O'Byrne, and I firmly believe that you as a teacher are special, amazing, creative, and passionate. But it's very easy to get burnt out and overwhelmed. With my podcast and my teacher training, I aim to help you avoid burnout and cut down on your prep time so you can unleash your creativity and enjoy your work more mindfully. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, you gorgeous teacher. If you're one of my gorgeous, lovely, regular listeners, welcome back. If you're a brand new listener to Everything EFL, you are most welcome and I hope you stick around. Although I think you should go back to episode 104 and start from there because that's where this Cornerstones of Learning series begins. Or you could just dive straight in here, make up your own mind. But the important thing is to take the challenge at the end of the episode. Okay, so go lexical. Now, you know, if you're a follower of mine, I love the lexical approach. I've talked about it multiple times in my videos, on my posts, in different podcasts. I did a webinar this year where I went deeper into it. And hopefully this will be available on a a website that I'm creating soon. Um, I might do another live one. I haven't made up my mind yet. It is a lot of work. But keep an eye on my Instagram stories or if you are a member of my email list, keep an eye out there as well. Um, If you are not signed up to my newsletter, the link's in the show notes. I'll uh, just remind you again at the end of the episode. In any case, it will be available in some capacity for everybody soon. Now, again, if you follow my work, you probably know what I'm about to say, but I think this episode is a good reminder. Now, think about when you tell your students something important and then the next day, you know, you kind of elicit the information from them and, uh, well, it's gone. So consider this if you've like watched my videos and you've listened to my other lexical approach episodes, consider this just a nice refresher. Okay. So by the end of this episode, you will see the benefits of using the lexical approach and there might be a couple of tips and things you can do. And like I said, take the challenge at the end of the episode. So let's start with what the lexical approach is. Okay, I'm going to go super simplification here, guys. At its very core, it's the idea that language is not made up of individual words. It's made up of chunks or multi-word units. And I'm going to give you some very simple examples. So we have things like sentence heads. For example, would you like... That's all very well, but. So we've got those sort of beginnings of sentences that always stay the same and then you finish them in whatever way you see fit. Next, we have our fixed expressions like, I've never seen anything like it. Good morning. It cost me an arm and a leg. Fixed. Obviously, they never, ever change. Then we have semi-fixed expressions, which um, I think is very much um, connected to grammar because... We take something that's so common, it's become like an institutionalized phrase. For example, I've had a beep day. Now think of the things you could fit into that structure. Or I haven't seen you for beep. Again, there's a few things that fit in there, but you still have a choice of what you want to say. And then we have your good old collocations like have a shower, highly educated, pay attention or pay a fine or pay the bill. And then we have polywords, which is kind of like all the other ones. So things like, by the way, look up to the day after tomorrow. So obviously, you know, you can't say that language is solely made up of these things. But about 85%, I think, of English comes from some kind of prefabricated chunk or pattern. And if you think about it like that, 
that should start a little shift in your mindset. And that's what I think the lexical approach is as well for me, not just the fact that language is made up of chunks. It's a shift of mindset for the teacher and therefore hopefully a shift of mindset for the student. Okay, you have to get your students seeing language in a different way. So first things first, you need to be able to understand this concept and you need your students to be able to understand this concept. So how do we go about that? Well, start by identifying or highlighting lexical chunks. Use a text. Use one that's already in your course book or you've already used with your students. You don't need to go searching for new material. This is the other thing about the lexical approach that I love. It doesn't necessarily include a lot of extra prep or searching for new materials, you can pretty much use what you already have. Brilliant. So just, you know, what I've often done if with high levels, because obviously students have to be trained, is take either a transcript or part of a transcript and just call out all of the chunks. And I always throw my students highlighters and then they just highlight them. And it's just a little noticing exercise. Another thing, um, get your students to learn chunks. So never just teach a single word. And my example I always give is, for example, something like shower. OK, really simple beginner word. But what about take a shower or have a shower? OK, um, higher level, we came across the word spacious in my advanced class. They did a little task based lesson where they were kind of building a house out of paper clips and card. And then they had to kind of sell the house. And I gave them the word spacious instead of large or big. And then we explored the different collocations. Now, it is kind of specific to, you know, rooms, but you can have a spacious room, office, house, kitchen, something like that. Um, and it's just good to know what nouns you can actually use with that adjective spacious. So next time you teach some words or the student asks you for the meaning, if you're using a text or a transcript, Ask them, OK, are we just looking at a word here? Look to the left of the word and look to the right of the word. Is it part of a phrase? And an example that I've given before is the word bothered. You know, like the phrase, I can't be bothered or I couldn't be bothered. Students always go, what does bothered mean? Or what means bothered? Um, and then you have to try and get them to see that it's part of a larger phrase, can't be bothered. Now, if you've heard of the lexical approach, you're kind of interested in it, but you're not sure how to implement it, this is your in, okay? Just like I said, highlight chunks, teach chunks. Two really simple ways of doing it without messing with your lesson plan too much, without too much thinking, without any extra prep. You don't have to completely change your approach. You just have to include these little things, these little changes. Remember, guys, little changes, small steps to better teaching, step by step. Don't make it overwhelming for you or your students. Do one little thing. Once you're happy with that, do something else. Like I said, it's more of a mindset shift than anything else. Um, and the big benefit, like I said, is prep time. It's cut down by using the resources you already have. Or if you're going to create something like a dialogue or a text, you can use ChatGPT. And then you can include, you know, exactly the, the phrases and chunks that you want. Brilliant. Anyway, we'll come back to some tips. I'll throw a few more in as we go. But I just want to list the reasons why the lexical approach is such a good idea. So in no particular order, here we go. Number one, it just makes bloody sense. Language is not made up of individual words. It's just not. Think of the first things you learn in another language. How are you? My name is. Nice to meet you. You didn't break down those words and then put them together. You just learnt them as a chunk. And then think of all like all those little natural responses to conversations like, oh, sounds good. What a lovely surprise. I'll see how I feel. Um, so many of these chunks can just be memorised and used in different contexts. 
And like I said, you can't just rely on chunks, but they should be highlighted as much as possible. Number two, the brain processes greater amounts of information by chunking, right? So it speeds up language acquisition. I mean, you have to remember that there has to be this repeated exposure to the same structures and phrases. But if you're looking at multiple word units instead of just individual words, it's better for your student's brain. And then it makes it easier to identify patterns as well. Number three, the focus of the lexical approach is on meaningful communication. It's like, you know, that conversation driven communication that everybody needs. And I mean, a lot of what I'm saying today, I've said it before, but, you know, think about how many students you've met who've been studying for years and years, but they can't really just have a conversation because they haven't ever been taught or exposed to meaningful conversation driven communication. Isn't that what we want for our students? Number four, using the student's emergent language means that you are generating language for the classroom. What is emergent language? Okay, it's that language that students produce in a kind of meaningful way. There's no sort of like, there's no prescription to it. It's not like you're going, okay, let's practice the present perfect. And then you're listening to them and you're correcting their mistakes. This is the kind of language where, you know, they come in and they say, sorry, I'm late. I was at the doctor or, you know, they get it a little bit wrong. Um, and that's the language they're using to purposefully communicate. It could be language they're using in a discussion. It could even be language like, oh, how do we say this? How do we say when I eat strawberries, my skin gets red? Um, you know, they're asking you for something they need, right? Brilliant. So this language you can make a note of and a lot of these things like, you know, sorry for late, I walked my dog, you know, I would rather say I took my dog for a walk, it's more natural. Okay, so these are the things you can make a note of and then you can reuse and recycle this language um, in with games or like getting them to create dialogues, little two line dialogues, you could throw some phrases on the board, say remember these, we looked at these last week, um, choose three of them and, and create a two line dialogue or create a discussion question using this or something like that. So you can reuse this all the time. And again, it cuts down that prep time because you if you have a bank of phrases that students um, have, you know, tried to use or you've reformulated and corrected and stuff, you can create little activities and things, you know, the last five minutes, the first five minutes, there's always something you have to hand. And students don't mind sort of looking at the same stuff again and again. I've never had complaints from students when um, I give them like vocabulary cards with phrases on to like test each other or, you know, do something with because that familiarity is also very comforting for your students as well. You know, it's not just about throwing more and more new language at them. It's going back and reviewing the language that they've already looked at. That's just as important. Number five can be very awareness raising. And we do that with noticing. Now, um, if you want a full rundown of this, go to episode 103. But it's basically where you're kind of um, getting your students to look at certain things, let's say in a transcript, um, usually to do with grammar. So you could say, you know, highlight all the ing verbs in this paragraph. Okay, now discuss with your partner, why are these ing, you know, and if they're lower level, you could give options, you know, is it a gerund? Is it because it follows a particular verb pattern? Uh, is it because it's present continuous and we're talking about now? Is it because we are making arrangements for the future? Or something like, you know, which nouns don't have a plural S, you know, like information? Why not? That kind of thing. And you can take any opportunity or every opportunity to notice. Um, so as you're reformulating or you're correcting, always ask those questions as well. Why is this ing, etc, etc. 
But like I said, go back to 103 for a really good comprehensive rundown of what noticing is. And I think it's something, again, that it doesn't require any or much prep and you can use it in your class every day, even for a couple of minutes. It's just so good for your student's brain. Again, noticing those patterns, identifying those patterns. Number six, you like I said, you can reuse materials by using your transcripts and texts for noticing. Less prep. You could also, you know, blank out some words or chunks, see what the students remember. Use those same materials again and again. Less prep for you and also less stress. Win-win. Number seven, getting students to communicate meaningfully. Again, this is what the lexical approach is about. So, you know, you can focus on something really simple like how they're responding to questions like, oh, really? Oh, that's amazing. What a blank blank. Um, get students to share personal facts and then, you know, they can you can throw some chunks on the board and get them to respond with particular chunks. Um, you know, there are so much you can do with these like little conversational chunks. All you have to do is use your imagination. And what you're doing here is you're giving students the language they need. You know, not all students' needs are met by the order of the course, but grammar. I mean, I've told this story before, but um, when I had a beginner class, I asked them, tell me about yourself, you know, and they all wanted to say, I've been here for two months, but it didn't come out quite right. So I put it on the board and we all went around. I've been here for two weeks. I've been here for three days. Um, they all understood it. There's no analysis of the present perfect. They just understood it with the context. And, you know, I wrote down um, how long have you been here on a question card and I produced it every single day and they practiced it every single day. So by the time they get to study the present perfect, they have a perfectly good example. And it's a real word example as well, because it's the kind of question that they will be asked by almost everybody they meet within this country. Number eight, grammar and vocabulary are connected. You cannot have one without the other. Um, I found online the turkey was eaten by the dog. And this was an actual website example of the passive. Now, the grammar is correct, but have you ever used this? Why not something like, you know, my flight was cancelled last week or I was born in or something, you know, that students are actually going to use. You know, certain verbs go with certain grammar points as well. So if you think about the present perfect continuous, if you think of the f top three, four, five verbs, you're always going to hear with the present perfect continuous. What springs to mind? Um, I've been thinking, I've been wondering, I've been feeling, I've been meaning to. OK, so, you know, narrowing your focus and just focusing on those, the 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 verbs that you're going to hear with that specific grammar point, I think has real value for your students as well. Also, talking about grammar, you know, I, I mentioned institutionalized phrases for certain grammar points, like, um, again, thinking of the present perfect. Have you seen my um, or maybe comparative? It's not as hard as it looks or it's not as easy as it looks. You know, we've heard these a million times in, in movies and stuff. So why don't you, you know, focus on teaching them fixed phrases like that? What about the third condition? You know, if I'd known, I would have yeah, or um, will for spontaneous decisions. I'll see how I feel, you know, instead of just reaching for random sentences just so they produce the correct language. It's kind of pointless if they're never going to use that particular sentence or phrase again. So focus on the ones they're actually going to use in real life. And number nine, you're not focusing on a structure in isolation. When you teach grammar, you know, we often just 
get students to sort of produce these prescribed single sentence utterances. But, you know, using like a dialogue or getting them to create dialogues or whatever, you're getting students to look at that specific grammar point, but it's within the context of something, whatever that may be, and you're seeing it with other things. So, for example, you know, oh, I've just remembered I have to call my mum. Give me a minute. Okay, so you've got a modal, you've got an imperative and you've got a present perfect there. But they're all actual really good chunks. You can throw them together and this allows them to see a wider context for the language that you're trying to teach them. Now, I'm not saying the lexical approach is perfect and it solves all your problems, but I'm saying in my personal opinion, it should be a fundamental part of your teaching toolkit. It's too valuable not to use. So like I said, guys, if you want a challenge this week, I would say start with identifying chunks in class or identifying grammar patterns like I've been, ING, and train your students to see them too. That's one easy step you can take. So next time you're doing a text or better, a transcript, have a look, grab a pen, highlight all the chunks you can see, and then maybe underline, because you can do this over a few lessons, you don't have to do it all in one. Um, you could do a paragraph a day where you're identifying the chunks, and then you could circle a few things that you think might be good for noticing. So you could ask, you know, have a look at this, active or passive, passive, okay, why is it passive here? Why don't we use the, you know, or, um, Again, like the ING is good because there's always a lot of confusion. Why is this an ING? Is it a gerund? Is it a present continuous? Um, so think of a few questions you can ask. And if students are able to discuss those questions themselves, brilliant. If not, you could do it whole class or, like I said, put some options on the board for students to discuss. There are ways around it, guys. Again, steal and adapt. If you like the basic idea, figure out how it works for your class or your students. That's your job. OK, I can give you a few ideas, but it's your job to figure out a way to implement it so it suits you and it suits your students. So that's it, guys. Like I said, um, I'm hoping my webinar will be available soon on my website that's being made. I got a really good response from the teachers who actually did it. So I think it's well worth a look. It will be priced very reasonably. It will be worth every penny, though. I can promise you that. Um, my next idea is to do a webinar on emergent language, which I mentioned very briefly today. Um, because I think it's well worth a much deeper look, but it's not going to happen this side of 2023. I've just got far too much on and I need to practice what I preach and set myself boundaries so they're not overloading myself. It's very easy to burn out, as you know, guys. Um, I do have some news. I am going to French Guyana of all places in November. I'm going to work in a mainstream school um, and I'm going to help the teachers there to improve their teaching strategy and I am beyond excited about this. Um, I'm going to try and come from a kind of an experimental angle. So again, I want to practice what I preach. I tell you guys, plan less, react more. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm not going to go with a bunch of prepared slides. I'll have a few ideas, but I'm, I want to react to what I'm seeing and what I'm observing and what the teachers actually need. And hopefully from there, I will be able to develop some kind of really excellent product or service that I can roll out to other schools. So hopefully next year, I'll have something that I can offer schools. And I, like I said, I'm really excited about it. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for progress there. I would definitely definitely be posting on insta stories and maybe even doing a video diary when i'm there that's in november um in the meantime guys if you're not already subscribed to everything efl podcast i don't know what you're doing with your life hit that subscribe button and also you know it just in return for this amazing free content 
share my stuff, share my posts, share an episode that you think you'll like, talk me up in your staff room to your colleagues, watch my stories on Instagram because I do include little bits and pieces that I do in class from day to day as well. So there's extra free content there. DM me if you would like to work with me or if you think your school could could work with me or if you need any support. Subscribe to my Breathe Easy Teacher newsletter. It's gaining traction. I'm getting some lovely feedback. Um, you just get a little bit of advice every week. You'll probably get to know me a little bit more because I put a lot of my personality into it. I give you a little weekly challenge. Again, very small, very achievable, nothing overwhelming. Small steps to better teaching. And I will give you the biggest discounts on any future service that I will provide, like my new webinar that I'm going to be doing next year, you will get the best discount. So, as always, my gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful teachers, have a peaceful week and share the love. Bye. <laughs>